Welcome to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition. I am Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And uh, we're glad to be with you this evening. Uh, If you're listening to the show live and you want to call in about anything, because Free Talk Live is the show where you can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind, you can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Um, But in the meantime, we're going to start off with something that we wanted to talk about, Mark. You were telling me just, just a moment ago before the show started that there's this paradox that exists I guess uh, it's a little bit complicated for me to explain, but can you can you go into that? Well, uh, you know, Mitt, Mitt Romney is uh, supposedly stepped in it this week with uh, his uh, comments that I guess um, you know forty seven percent of Americans cannot be uh, brought back from their victimized uh, you know welfare receiving ways or oh something my. like that. I see. I I try to pay as little attention to politics, like what politicians are doing, as possible. But that does sound like um, kind of an insulting statement. I could picture people being offended by that. I wonder how many people are offended that would have voted for him anyway. Yeah, those are the only ones that he has to worry about. But um, (laughs) you know, certainly, I can assure you that uh, that uh, the the, the journalists are making huge hay with it right now. And well, um, it doesn't sound very compassionate for one, and it it kind of smacks of that like. I'm better than you. I know what you should be doing with your life better than you do. And so make me your leader. I should be anyway because I'm better than you. <laughs> you know, It does kind of feel that way. And consider that he was at a, uh, I think it was a luncheon or a dinner for some very wealthy donors. Um, oh, I who see. Are, you know, he's, so he's talking to a crowd of people that may very well feel that way or would be likely to feel that way, I suppose, if uh, one was to go with stereotypes or something like that. Right. But what it brought up for me, because I don't necessarily disagree with the whole story. Statement. I mean, I don't think that 47 percent of people consider themselves victims and are so inculcated with uh, government programs that they that they can never possibly get off of them. But I do think that p- Americans have become far more dependent on the government. Oh, uh, sure. They would love to create a culture of dependency. The government sure. certainly would, would love to uh, go yeah. a culture of de- dependency. But a lot more Americans are on food stamps and government assistance now. Well, I ro- OK. The ironic thing is, so he said this statement apparently at a luncheon of business people mm-hmm. and muckety mucks, I guess, Uh, they are all receiving privileges from the state in the form of corporate welfare, in the form of being protected via regulation of their industries from competition entering and giving people more choices. And so they're welfare queens, too. Let's just face it. No doubt about it. But there's an interesting, uh, you know, what it brought up for me was there's an interesting paradox out there. And the Daily Show I saw recently kind of touched on it, but I don't think they really went into it and discussed it is, is, you know, there are a lot of states out there um, that vote Republican in the presidential election and even in uh, a majority of like you know congressional or uh, senatorial elections and senatorial elections are actually statewide okay. so but they receive government f- uh, assistance more than they give. So there's this uh, phenomenon. There's one one side's called donor states. I believe the other side's called recipient states. Right. And the donor states give more money than they receive from the government, and um, the recipient states receive more than they give. So, but everybody gets welfare from the government, right? It's just do they pay more taxes than the welfare that they receive, right. or? Yeah, so it's not like there's any that that don't take any money from the government. I'd call it assistance from the government. Welfare is a specific program as opposed to uh, you know assistance. So all all states get 
you know, funding for mandated programs that uh, assistance programs uh, out there and different kinds of them. And, um, you know, but it's interesting that states, often states that get more money from the government are also states that vote Republican, which is the party that is less likely to, you know, that will claim that it doesn't want to give money to yeah, states. Yeah, that, that's their reputation, right? But they don't necessarily follow through on that with their actions. Well, yeah. we know they don't because from 2000 to 2006, it was all Republicans in the Senate, the House, the White House. The Republicans, oh, you'd think the welfare would have been gone away. Right. The, right? The, if the welfare was supposed to go away, <laughs> if the Republicans really wanted to do away with the welfare, it would have been gone. I mean, there right. would have been, you know, that's the end of the story. And it's clearly not gone. <laughs> right. Because Republicans tend to come from states that demand assistance from the government. So it's this, uh, it's what they call the moocher paradox. And hmm. um, See, so- okay, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, and you asked me where I thought it comes from. And I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb before you even read this article and say that I think a lot of it is motivated by religion. Because, um, you know religiosity and conservatism social conservatism are are linked right Mm -hmm. and the people who are religious tend to be more socially conservative and vote for republicans and they're also you know in these in these red states i don't know that i necessarily agree um and here's the reason if republicans really wanted abortion to be illegal then that would have happened from 2000 to 2006. I don't think that Republican politicians and, and th- that essentially the religious religiosity debate comes down to abortion. That's where it all kind of hinges. It's the linchpin of what the about debate. Marriage or gay marriage. That's one of them. Too. I it, think that's a big, big thing for a lot of people. It is. But, but people who feel one way, you know, people who are pro-life, so-called, often um, uh, what is it called? Don't support gay marriage. Sure. So they often go together. Ironically, though, people who are so-called pro-life are often also pro-death penalty. So there's that. And they're pro-starting wars. Death is a national issue, though. Um, it definitely occurs more often in southern states, specifically mm-hmm. Texas and Oklahoma are the uh, two killing states out there. But right. um, There's that little inconvenient detail. In 2006, <laughs> the gay marriage debate really wasn't hot, um, 2000 to 2006. Probably because Republicans were in the White House and it wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, It's certainly moving forward and it is going to be the reality in America in the coming decades. I hope so. It's, you know, it just is. I mean, currently in New Hampshire, it is the law. It was passed by uh, the electors, uh, the the representatives, the, the government in New Hampshire. It wasn't pushed through by the House. So. You know, I mean, all that has to happen at some point or another is the Faith and Commerce Clause has to come into effect. The Supreme Court has to say that this uh, this Defense of Marriage Act is unconstitutional because if a state grants a marriage license, another state must recognize it. And right. I don't care whether that state, you know, Mississippi needs to recognize the marriage licenses from New Hampshire, and I don't care whether they like it or not. Yeah. That's the end of that story. Well, a lot of the people, the conservatives who want, uh, like, reciprocity for handgun permits or other gun permits, um, they invoke that very same clause of the Constitution to say that their, you know, gun permit from where whatever state they, they live it. in should be recognized by other states. Absolutely. But they as don't want people's marriages you, to be recognized. If the state of, uh, of New Hampshire issues you a concealed carry permit, you should be able to walk through uh, New York City with a concealed carry, as far as I'm concerned. How about there should I be believe... no requirement to have a ask anyone permission to 
have a firearm. I'm, I'm with you, but uh, currently we live in a world where you have to, you know, we live in a, a country where you have to ask permission to in have In some places a, they don't, actually. Yourself. In Vermont, there's no need for a permit. But, or Alaska, I think. But think, consider for a second how, uh, what, what a pain that could be in Vermont, because then you don't have reciprocity in other states. Uh, yeah, I guess. So, I mean, if you get a permit to carry in uh, concealed carry, shall issue $10 permit in New Hampshire, you can carry in, I think it's 26 states have reciprocity. I may yeah. be wrong on that. I'm certainly no expert. No, I see what you're saying. If there's no permit, then there's nothing for the other states to be forced to recognize. I guess you guess that's what That's the claim. Is. And this is why, you know, the, the, the argument here among the legislators uh, as to gay marriage, you know, the, the, lib- the, the strong libertarian position on gay marriage is that that the state shouldn't be involved in marriage at all. The state should get out of marriage. Sure. But how do you provide somebody with a marriage license that can be used in other states? The chances of everybody spending, you know, a gay couple getting married in New Hampshire and staying there for the rest of their lives is pretty slim. So they want their marriage to be real by their standards and real by current standards is a license by the state. Yeah. I mean, it is um, it is a a matter of how you define a marriage right is it the piece of paper or is it the relationship that you have with a partner and i think there needs to be a cultural shift away from thinking of the piece of paper as the marriage but then again like what we have right now in a lot of places is a discriminatory uh policy that that bars certain people from getting married but not others it's cultural no doubt so, um, you know, I can read, read a few excerpts here from this uh, Bloomberg sure. article on the moocher paradox. Teaser. And I think it's very interesting that the uh, states that tend to vote Republican also tend to receive more money from the government. It is interesting. And uh, if you receive a lot of money from the government, you should call us 855-450-FREE. <laughs> this is Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark warden do you want a home with 20 acres a lakeside cabin any takers for renters buyers and sellers too mark warden is the guy for you porcupinerealestate.com This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the live Sunday night edition with Stephanie. And Mark. And there's a number you can call if you want to talk with us this evening. It's 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE to bring up whatever's on your mind. Um, Also want to remind you that our website is freetalklive.com. You can go there and it has a neat feature where you can actually suggest um, potential show prep for us by submitting your stories. You have to, I think, create an account. But once you do that, you can post your stories, articles, videos, anything you think is interesting. And people will vote them up or down depending on how much... uh, Uh, They like them. So go to our website at freetalklive.com to find out how to do that. If you believe in the ideas of liberty and, you know, they take a little time to to get used to. Certainly there's very few people that uh, just just hear the ideas of liberty and wham, they're on board. But if you if you have listened and you understand the ideas of liberty and you're on board, check out the Free State Project at the freestateproject.org. It is a movement of uh, 20,000 liberty loving individuals. 
a theoretical 20,000. There are only about 13,000 or so have signed well, up. Well, only? I mean, that's yeah, a lot. A lot. <laughs> it's and nothing more than a thousand at. have moved to uh, one small state. That state is New Hampshire in order to have, you know, the, the greatest possible effect in order to reduce the, the or to, let's see, the, to make the maximum role of government to be uh, the protection of life, liberty, and property, I believe is what the, the maximum role. So that maximum includes role. people who... Don't don't want any government at all. <laughs> I, I I suppose um, I, you know I don't know they how they crafted it's it very work for them. carefully to uh, include the, all <laughs> those did. folks. It's a big tent. I guess. There are lots of people who are you know so, th- th- of the theoretical sort that believe that uh, the state is a uh, you know a an organization of violence. No doubt about it. But you can go check it out. It's freestateproject.org. Get signed up today. All right, Mark. Uh, you know this is the show where you can call in and bring up a, anything you want. So let's go straight to the phone calls. I think Jim wants to talk with us in uh, Tennessee. Jim, are you with us? Yes. Hi. How are you guys this evening? All's Hi. well. Great. What's on your mind? Uh, the reason I'm calling you is because I was listening to you last night, uh, Mark and uh, Ian, I believe. Right. And, I'm. Uh, I'm not on on Saturday nights. Right. Uh, and uh, I was. Um, Colin, because uh, uh, the statements that uh, were made about the military last night, uh, if you can remember that, Mark. I, I remember last night. I mean, it was a long show. Right. Well, uh, I, I, didn't, I was listening, and I wanted to call in this evening because uh, I didn't get a chance to call in yesterday. And it was a lot of, you know, you got a lot of uh, feedback about the uh, remarks that were made there. I'm yeah, sure you know, you actually, that. I was telling Stephanie before the show that I really felt like I was kicked in the gut. I felt like this uh, former military member, and I don't know whether he was Marines or, or Army, but I got the impression that he walked around and toted a gun. Um, had uh, we had had a really you know good productive conversation where everybody was civil and uh, we were you know trying to hold each other responsible for our statements and all those things and then people called in and demanded apologies uh, for you know the way we treated him and I just you know I really just didn't understand it it made me feel like I can't communicate what it is that I mean to people well you know I don't feel like you were um disrespectful to him, Mm -hmm. but I certainly don't feel like you gave him the respect that he deserves as a man who is willing to lay down his life to defend us. Do you, this is, this is one of the things that really kind of confuses me. Um, There are a lot of jobs in America where people do that job and they are likely to die doing it. Fishermen at the top of the list, guys that do roofing, uh, you know, people that drive truckers, um, and they also tend to to live short lives. And um, you know, there's all kinds of, of jobs out there. Taxi drivers. Uh, but these are just some of the ones that come to mind. Um, you know, right right off the bat. And it tends to be free market people, not government people. And you know, my question is to you. Before we go on any further, is is are these people willing to lay down their life for me, or are they doing uh, yes. it for a paycheck? Uh, they're well, uh, you know, as a as a longtime construction worker, I can tell you that uh, I knew that there was a lot of dangers involved. Uh, I wasn't uh, trying to lay down my life; I was doing it for a paycheck. Yeah. But I also knew that there was a lot of danger involved in it, and I could lose my life at any sure. point in time. So what I'm asking you is, what about the military men? 
and women? Are they doing it to late to, you know, as from a philosophical standpoint where they want to protect the, the you know, the flag and country and uh, spread freedom and democracy? And, you know, I frankly, I think we can argue that any of these things are done because um, I don't think they are done. But. Um, are they doing it for a paycheck? Because I think the vast majority of young people that go into the military go in there because of the college incentives and the uh, the, the cheap stuff at the PX and the, the you know the the short career of twenty years where they can go out get the retirement, go get another job. Otherwise, and, why would they need to offer all that stuff? Right? It would if the valor and the honor were enough, then wouldn't more people just sign up purely for that? Because I can tell you, if some terrible foreign uh, country invaded the united states with any level of success i would pick up a gun and fight to defend my home um, and my family and you wouldn't need to pay me one red cent here's the the opinion i have that mark and i I think we can um, agree and disagree on some things i i remember when uh my dad who was a world war ii veteran told me that he enlisted uh, it was because he wanted to get out of Appalachia. He wanted to have, you know, he wanted to have uh, sure. uh, uh, something going for him. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, he was there in a foreign country. You know, he wasn't coming home every night. Yeah. Uh, it's you know, a tough job. All of these guys, I'd... a lot of respect. Jim, can I, can I ask Jim. you a question? I, I'd like to break in here. So um, I... Obviously, I wasn't on the show last night. I did hear bits and pieces of that conversation, but not really the whole thing with my full attention. But what I want to know is, like, you said that you thought Mark was disrespectful, or maybe Mark and Ian were disrespectful to this military person. What is oh, that? I didn't say that. that they did, okay, I didn't well, show but, him sufficient respect for the position. Okay, is that accurate, Jim? That you didn't that he, they didn't show him sufficient respect? So they didn't. I don't think they showed him as much respect as they would have. Uh, almost any other caller because of their uh, Ian anyway. Okay, has an obvious so, disdain well, hold on a sec, Jim. So okay, so you made it clear what you know what you thought of of that conversation. But can you give us some specifics? Like, what would you pref- have preferred them to have said, or what what specifically did they say that that bothered you, or or made you think that that it was there was a lack of respect? Okay, the, what what was um, just. It really came off sounding like uh, uh, an immature, total fool. Was okay, Ian but that's not a specific, that, though. That's not a specific. So that's me, your opinion of what what you thought. Okay, ask, so go ahead. You asked me a question, and if you you know, I can answer it if you'd like. Go ahead. Ian is sounded totally just foolish, immature person when he says that. He, would, he, he, he espoused on the virtues of Switzerland and how they're set up. But yet at the same time, you guys are setting up a free state project, which I, which I, uh, I think a lot of your, your effort there, and I agree with that. But you're doing it in New Hampshire. Why aren't you doing it in Switzerland? Mark, would you like to respond to that? Sure. Uh, okay, Jim, will. if you would hang on the line, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this. I'm still a little confused about the exact specifics. That was more of an opinion of how that conversation went. But we'll we'll try to dig into this more. 855-450-FREE is our number here on Free Talk Live, the live Sunday edition. There's more coming up. Stay tuned. It's Change Your Words, Change Your Life, a daily minute program to help you understand the power of every word you speak. Here's New York Times bestselling author, 
Joyce Meyer. You know, our words belong to us, and we must be responsible for how we use them. And they can produce life or death for us and for all who hear them. They are a gift from God, and when used properly, they are one of our greatest assets. Most of us probably spent many years, if not our entire lives, simply talking without even thinking about what we're saying. Some people say, well, I'm the type of person who just speaks my mind. But that does not make the person wise or pleasant to be with. If you use your words wisely, then I congratulate you. But if you don't, then I urge you to begin asking God to help you and start making changes right away. The more you improve the way you talk, the more your life will improve. For Change Your Words, Change Your Life, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information and insight on how you can change your words and change your life, please visit Joyce Meyer, spelled M-E-Y-E-R, dot O-R-G. The words we speak can affect our lives in positive and negative ways. In her new book, Change Your Words, Change Your Life, best-selling author and internationally acclaimed teacher Joyce Meyer examines the power of words that convey our thoughts and emotions. She discusses how our words can increase or decrease our level of joy and how they can have a positive or negative effect on our future. Change Your Words, Change Your Life, the latest book from New York Times best-selling author Joyce Meyer, is available wherever books are sold. The show is Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition, uh, with me, Stephanie. And me, Mark. And I uh, want to remind you all that uh, you can go to our website and visit the subdomain listen.freetalklive.com to find all the different ways that you can listen to Free Talk Live. There you can access the live streams on the internet, the radio stations that we are affiliated with, uh, the satellite, the webcam, and the listen lines. So all kinds of ways to get Free Talk Live into your ears. Uh they also have a Stitcher radio there, too, on listen.freetalklive.com. Probably. I know a lot of people use Stitcher. Yep, it's becoming very popular. Uh, Mark, let's go straight back to the phones. We were in the middle of this call uh, with Jim, Jim from Tennessee. And uh, Jim, are you back with us? Yes, I'm here. Okay. So, so before we, we had to go to the break, you had asked why, you know, why don't we set up the Free State Project in Switzerland? And Mark, I wanted to give you a chance to respond to that. Actually, there is apparently a province of Switzerland called Zug, which is a very free place, even in one of the freer countries on the planet. Now, uh, Hong Kong, more free economically than Switzerland. Switzerland probably, um, you know, has some, some th- certainly has some things that it can claim over Hong Kong. And the United States has been sadly slipping down the charts of economic freedom and, uh, frankly, not doing very well in other areas um, that are quantifiable. It's difficult to just Press say, freedom. what is freedom? Right. But, um, you know, it's it's sad that this, uh, you know, what was the greatest country on earth and the most free country on earth is sliding down that scale. Sure. And the people and people that want freedom, quantifiable freedom, freedom from a, um, you know, free articulable freedom, not just some term that one says when one puts one's hand over one's heart. <laughs> um, but, you know, real freedom, they, you know, they, we picked New Hampshire for the Free State Project. But if you look at New Hampshire, it is the freest state in the United States. So how does the freest state in the, um, depending on what chart you look at, 10th to the 18th freest country, that's the United States, compared to, say, Switzerland or Zug Switzerland? And it's difficult to say and difficult to quantify. By the way, you and I, Mark, nor Ian, are in char- are not in charge of the Free State Project. No, we no. didn't decide where to have it. We just thought, oh, hey, this is a good idea. 
a bunch of people moving to New Hampshire to get more free. And guess what? You, when you live in the U.S., it's pretty easy to move it's to New Hampshire. It's significantly easier, easier than me, moving to Switzerland. For me anyway. to immigrate from Florida to New Hampshire, I don't have to fill out any government paperwork and those kind of things. Also, one could claim um, that if one, if for instance, I was philosophically opposed enough to an organization like the state, you know, whatever, whether that's the state, uh, you know, United States or the state of Switzerland, that if I signed any immigration papers claiming that I would follow the laws, that I would be, you know, uh, compromising my, um, you know, my my principles by saying that I would move to these places. So I don't think that there's a, a huge quantifiable difference between Switzerland and New Hampshire as far as the amounts of freedom. And uh, Switzerland has a larger population. And what country is going to think it's really cool for a bunch of foreigners who with funny accents to move in and change their government? Uh, that sort of happens sometimes, doesn't it? Hey, Jim? Well, you know, it's a little bit off the their topic because uh, the reason I brought that up is that I think that you're taking advantage of the protection that you get here that the military gives you. And there's a lot of people here who have a lot of means who could live anywhere they wanted to in the world financially, but yet they live here because they know that the military of this country is keeping this a secure place for them to live. Well, I wouldn't say that that's true. The military of the United States probably it certainly keeps the sea lanes around the world clear. So one could choose to live in Europe if that's what one wished to do. Um, or, you know, I mean, a variety of other different places. There's a lots of reasons that people uh, live here, but safety probably isn't it. And it's, I, I don't mean, think it's, it's fair to say that everybody who chooses to live in the United States who could live elsewhere is doing it because they love the military. They probably have all different kinds of reasons for choosing to live here. I mean, and actually, there are some people who might say that they think that the military of the U.S. is kind of fomenting uh, negative opinions of cities in of the United the US States around are the far world. less. Um, it doesn't matter whether you die from bullets uh, from uh, you know somebody with a, a country's patch on your arm or just uh, some gang uh, you know gang rag on their leg. Um, that. You know, you're going to die from a bullet, and the crime is significantly larger in American cities than it is in many major cities around the world, uh, metropolitan western cities. So, I mean, I don't think that that, that analysis holds water. Well, I think that, uh, you know, last night that you have, uh, I, I believe, I think you made the statement last night that you haven't, uh, you don't believe that we've been in any military conflict that we should have been in. For the last 60 years. I, I think that was you that said that. Yep. I might be wrong. Yep. And I agree with you. I agree with you 100% on that. But we had the military there. And are you are you are you saying that, you know, that those guys weren't heroes, that they didn't they didn't save this country so you could still be living here today? Let me ask you this. Um, so be living in Germany, it would be Germany by by another name. Wouldn't it not? Mark. Hold on. Why don't you just uh, call yourself Hans? Wait, wait a second. <laughs> six decades. I was very clear that I said six decades and World War Two was over after six decades because I don't like to to descend into the realm of World War Two. I can make that argument, but it's a boring radio show and i've done it many times um the the fact is uh, that i don't think that i think that people had huge you know military members had uh, you know very heroic acts of valor that they did in the many myriad of conflicts none of them were wars since world war ii the united states has not declared war since war since 1942 uh, there has not been a war from a legal standpoint since 1942 but there have been many valorous acts of bravery but do should i 
respect those and why should I respect those? I mean, there have been guess, lots okay. of val- valorous uh, acts of bravery. Let's Let me finish my why. statement. Hold on, let Mark finish. There's please. been lots of valorous acts of bravery by foreign military people, too, that did nothing to protect me, my freedom, or anything else. Should I respect those? Here's, here's the difference in my opinion. Now, it, you said it earlier that you would take up a gun in a minute to protect yourself and your family, correct? Yep. Okay, who wouldn't? I mean, taking up a gun and protecting yourself or your home, that, that's completely different than when you take up a gun and, and put your life at risk to protect your country. That, that's something you do for future generations. I don't know that's that that's true. You, if that was true, then wouldn't they do it for free? Mark, you know as well as I do that you have to live, okay? I agree, absolutely. If you have a family, you have to support them. You said that they were doing it for future generations. I rebutted that statement by asking if they were doing it for a paycheck, and I think we both know that the paycheck is a very strong reason why young men and women choose to go there for, you know, to get high school and, or excuse me, to get college payments and all these other things that they go there to, to get. And I mean, and, I think it's a very Jim, big reason. You know, Jim, we, Mark, we do have a bunch of other callers on the line, so we've got to move on in a oh, moment. But, you know, just one, one last thing. Okay, I, mean, I have I, one last question I, for I, you, too. Carpenter, a carpenter goes out here. And, and builds a house, he, he has to have money to do it. But he's also building a house. He's doing something at yeah, the same time. He's not absolutely. just doing it for money and nothing else is accomplished. Absolutely. And nobody died re- in the process. People who have you here and free. What's that? I said, please do not disrespect the people anymore like you did last night who have kept us here and free. So, okay, Jim, this is this kind of goes into my one last question that I wanted to ask you. I mean, I'm, I still don't really feel like I've had a satisfactory response to, you know, what are what are the specific things that you would like to hear Mark say that he didn't say or that you wouldn't have liked to hear him say that he did? Because, I mean, it sounds like you're saying you wanted him to, you know, include the words honor and respect in his conversation with that person, and he didn't. Um, I'm still just kind of confused. No, you were making foolish statements last night that, you know, well, you don't have to do this just because you're ordered to do it. You don't have to do that because you're ordered to do it. Well, when you're in the military, you do have to do it. And that's the only way that that's the military not the truth. can work. That's not true at all. <laughs> military men are trained to disobey bad orders. They're given that training. Now, I will tell you that every other training they get is contrary to that training. I agree. But they are told that you do not follow illegal orders. I didn't say you follow illegal orders. Well, going to I, war when there is no war declared by Congress could be argued to be an illegal order. You sit there in New Hampshire or wherever That's you're right. at. That's right. I'm nothing but a coward. You're right. Go ahead. What you are. Yes, you are. That's right. I'm a coward. Thanks for the call, Jim. I don't think you are, Mark. And uh, we'll talk about this more here in a moment on Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE if you have some thoughts about the military or anything else. Back us up here. Come on. <laughs> it's free I'm talk. willing to fight, just not willing to fight for the wrong reasons. This is Free Talk Live. There's more coming up. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. 
Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. This is the Sunday night edition with Stephanie. And Mark. Mark the coward. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a big old coward. I don't think you are. I think that was that that person's opinion, you know, and of course, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But, uh, you know, it was really just like, I thought you were disrespectful. I thought you weren't saying the right things. And what are you going to do about that? Right. So. I'm not going to say that this is what I think, but I would love to hear somebody who, um, you know, somebody rebut this statement. The vast majority of Americans, uh, I believe it's uh, 91 percent of Americans believe that Congress isn't doing a very good job. Congress Mm -hmm. is the organization that declares war and ultimately decides um, after 90 days where the military can be and cannot be. They give the funding to the military. They are the organization that controls the military. It is a, you know, a civilian-controlled military. Most people believe that Congress is a bad organization doing bad things. Some people, and I would say a majority of Americans, would probably agree with the emotional statement that, ki- that uh, people, that politicians are a bunch of liars and thieves. If po- I don't Congress think that's full- necessarily an, an emotional statement. I, that could be objectively shown. Actually. It could be, but I mean, you know, most people I don't think would objectively show it. They just make it as an emotional statement. Okay. If the military is an organization that kills people and breaks things. And I've seen the T-shirt sold to the military men in the Army Navy store that says the Army, an organization that kills people and breaks things. If the organization is it, um, you know, the military is an organization of people that kill people and break things, then from what I can tell, and I can't rebut this statement, I don't want it to be true. I grew up in a patriotic home like anybody else. Show me that this isn't a true statement that people in the military are paid killers working for liars and thieves. I don't know what else to say. I, I mean, I don't want that to be a true statement. free. I know. Yeah, say it again. That's 855-450-3733. That's, That's our sacrilege to say that in this country. It and is. And I don't yeah. want to be a person that cannot objectively rebut that statement. I didn't come to that statement. I am not the kind of person that uh, you know came to that statement on their own. This was shown to me, and I don't know how to rebut it. Sure. Uh, yeah, and... Um, is it okay to criticize things that the military does or things that the government does? Not I think, without being a coward, apparently. Well, I think it absolutely is okay to criticize them. But let's see what uh, Jeremy in Philadelphia thinks. Jeremy, are you with us? Yes. Hi, welcome to the hey, show. Uh, this uh, topic seems to rustle a lot of jimmies and cause a lot of butthurt. But uh, Mark has mentioned the, the tear in people's eyes about uh, nationalism uh, with the hand o- uh, over the heart, and it strikes me a lot of, like, you, uh, kind of similar to religion. And, I mean, you would think that yeah. you guys were questioning the existence of God or something, but, uh, you know, the strong sense of nationalism, and um, I, I've heard it discussed on the show about discussing the ideas of freedom and that the idea of, um, when you're trying to move people towards the ideas of freedom, about the concepts of end result versus really small points in trying to change people's direction. And I forget who argued for who, but um, a, lot, a, a lot of these callers I hear that are just really raging about the troops and stuff like that, I mean, if they could only understand freedom from a different perspective, but... Um, there are I, certainly I a lot of parallels between nationalism and religiosity, I would say. I mean, 
<laughs> the was, founding fathers were people largely, have faith in the state. The, far, the founding fathers were largely against a standing army. This is the reason that the the army has to be refunded every two years. Now it has been refunded all the time. The navy is a constitutional sure. organization, but the the um you know but the the army has to be re- refunded every two years, and. That's because the founding fathers did not trust a standing army. But America has moved into, the United States, I should say, has moved into a a world where standing armies are just normal. And, you know, the founding fathers didn't believe that the United States could retain its freedom if it had a standing army. Jeremy? That's a good point. Um, And uh, I I, I think. No, it sounds like you're a coward too, Jeremy. I think I think Ian's comments really made a lot of people mad because I was listening to Ian and he did come off as kind of arrogant, but he doesn't mean it that way. I, I think he meant it as he was only being really secure in his beliefs, and he hears kind of a mindless, blind faith, nationalistic platitudes, and he just he, I think he's heard it so much. I, I mean, that's why people. Uh, People might paint that tone as a lack of respect, but I just, and when I when I hear you guys talk about it, I just see it as that that much strong of a belief. But if yeah. we continue, you know, the nationalism and uh, the, the the blind praise of the military, and you know, you should show them respect. And you know, if we if we can if you if we continue this worship and blind faith of the military. It's only going to continue a cycle of chaos and oppression. But there you go, Jeremy. Nice thanks, be- thanks for the call, Jeremy. Appreciate your thoughts. Uh, we got a got a lot of people waiting on the line who want to talk to us about this too. Uh, John is in Carson City, Nevada. John, are you with us? Hi, hi, John. Welcome to Free Talk Live. Yeah, I had. Uh, you guys were talking about gay marriage briefly earlier. Yes, and uh, I think the the typical libertarian position on gay marriage that we need to have more state recognition of it, I, I think that's, that's the wrong way to go. Okay. I mean, I think you guys agree that the state should be out of marriage, and I think that that's not the direction for getting the state out of marriage. I don't know that that's typical. Um, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to make a claim that it's certainly typical in this program. Um, that it's if a typical libertarian position, I don't know. Is, I, can, I can't uh, make that statement. I don't. That's not the typical libertarian position that I hear. The typical libertarian position that I hear is kind of this uh, converted Republican position that the state shouldn't be involved in marriage. So therefore, I don't care about allow, gay marriage. What's that? Well, I, I hear a lot of people who well, say. Let me this, finish with their position. Yep, go ahead. Uh, that the state shouldn't be allowed, shouldn't be involved in marriage. So therefore, um, that we shouldn't let gay people be married by the state because that only expands the role of marriage by the state. Yeah, I, pretty close to my position is that we need to be going in the opposite direction. That uh, now the real John, the real can I ask you a question? In marriage today is polygamous marriage, which is actually outlawed, and people go to jail for it. Unlike gay marriage. Sure. And John, are you are you a straight man? Yes, I'm a straight man. Okay. And are you are you interested in being in a partnership with one person and only one person? I am privately married. Okay. So and you're not oh, married. I did not ask the state permission to get married. Sure. You know, I I hear what you're saying. I just disagree that it's an expansion of government to, you know, allow for gay marriage. And actually, I think one of the most important principles of liberty is 
that people are individuals and as such, you know, they have natural rights. They should be treated equally. And so if a man and a woman can get married, sure. Why not two women? Why not two men? Why not three women? You know, I mean, I, that's fine. They can all sleep in a big pile as far as I'm concerned. I view, I view yeah, gay see, marriage I as think, actually, hold on a sec, John. Parents to talk about equal treatment under the state where recognition of marriage exists only to treat people unequally. It exists only so you can treat married people unequally from single people. Okay, sure. I mean, but do you agree that it's a discriminatory policy to basically recognize marriages according to the state, which, by the way, grants a ton of privileges? I mean, there absolutely is discriminatory, but there is no escape from that under the state. And, you know, when we get away from the state, privately, discrimination should be allowed. But under the state, I mean, this law exists only to discriminate between single people and married people. It exists to discriminate. There's no way to get away from that. Well, and the history of marriage licenses was so that, you know, the folks couldn't mix races and have babies that weren't one race, you know. And and that's it's an ugly history. I, I completely I don't have agree. Say, for the you know, obviously it would be wrong to put people in jail for having interracial sex. Obviously it would be wrong to put gay people in jail for saying they're married. But John, do, John, do, do you... To polygamous people right now. John, I'm, I'm going to opt out because I, I don't think I have an effective argument against this. The thing is, is that what I feel like is the state is an organization that pits one group against another. And if they're going to ask me what my opinion is as to what's fair and they're going to demand my money from me and, you know, they give me the opportunity to participate, my participation is going to be that they should treat people fairly and allow people to contract in whatever way they wish. Yes, they, I mean, people should be allowed to contract in any way they wish. Yeah, I hear and you. existing legal marriage is, is not a contract. It's not it's a contract? It's legal status with an ever-changing uh, set of uh, privileges and penalties in 50 different jurisdictions. Sure. John, okay, not, let, me, let me ask you one more question about this issue. Do you think that it smacks of bigotry a little bit? When you say something like, oh, well, you know, we shouldn't care about gay marriage. We should be more focused on uh, just getting everybody to reject marriage in the first place. State marriage, that is. Well, you know, I don't know why it's bigotry, you know, when um, I myself have not asked the state for any uh, privileges for marriage. Um, sure. I think it's I think it's the wrong direction. Now, why wouldn't it be bigotry to support an institution which discriminates between married and single people. Why isn't that bigoted? Sure. I, th- I think it probably is. But, you know, when you thank you for the call, John. When you're talking about something like gay marriage, I mean, I think it helps uh, people be more willing to hear you when you're at least saying, yeah, people should be treated equally. I mean, who could disagree with that? Really? It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733, 855-450-FREE. It's free. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. 
And uh, we'd love to hear from you tonight at 855-450-3733. Uh, bring up whatever's on your mind. Free Talk Live is the show where you can call and take control of the airwaves. And I want to remind you that if you want to keep up with Free Talk Live and be the first to know when there's an update about the show, uh, get our email updates at news.freetalklive.com. While you're at it, follow us on Twitter and friend us on Facebook, or like us, excuse me, on Facebook. And uh, you can get more sort of the, uh, uh, during the show, Mark is actually uh, putting out updates to Twitter and Facebook pages. I'm tweeting away. <laughs> so if you want to participate in the conversation with some other listeners in that way, Twitter and Facebook, good place to do it. If you want to get email updates when Free Talk Live gets a new affiliate or has some other news about the show, then uh, check out the email uh, list at news.freetalklive.com. All right, Mark, are you ready to take some more calls? We've got uh, a, that's my job. A lot of people waiting very patiently here on the lines. Let's go to Karen in Colorado. Karen, are you with us? Yes, I am. And first, excuse me, I have a slight case of laryngitis. Oh, so, sorry to hear so, that. Well, Hope you get better soon. Yeah, well, no, thank you. It's not hard. It's just, you know, it makes it hard, not hard to talk, but it's just my, my voice changes up and down. Sure thing. Um, I'd like to go back to, if I could, to the beginning of your show when you were talking about corporations being somewhat on the welfare dough. Yeah. I own, a, I own a small business. I have two partners and we have three employees. Okay. We have a couple of company vehicles. We file the short form. We don't take anything from the government. We give them their give them their blood money. We don't want anything back from them. We have never filed for a government grant or taken state or local funds. We don't want it. Yeah, I would imagine it comes with a lot of strings attached. That's the other thing. Uh, I've actually read a, a very interesting piece uh, one time about. It was by uh, somebody who owned a medium sized business, and he was saying. Hey, there's are five reasons you don't want to take government grants or government stuff because basically there are strings attached to all of them and there are hidden costs to taking that money. Well, let me ask you this. On the short form, I mean, my my wife, I don't know whether we fill out the short form. If it is the short form, then she spends 40 hours a year on it. Um, so I tend to think it's not. The long form is 80. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Um, I wouldn't know, but we certainly take all the deductions that are, um, you know, that are, that are uh, apl- applicable to us and in every way that we can. And as a result, pay, you know, not to we don't do too badly. I don't make a, a great deal of money doing this show. But, you know, do you think that do you think there's a problem with taking all the deductions that you can take on? Uh, off I don't think form? she's talking about deductions. I just want to make sure I understand her. No, we don't take deductions on our vehicles, our office equipment. Yes. Now, personally, myself, my partners, yes, we do take our own. We do take the deductions we can on our homes and things like that. But for the company, we don't take anything. We Why? don't want that because we're, we have, well, we're a high-speed internet service provider, uh-huh. so we have the government in our life enough as it is. Uh-huh. Sure. We don't want them in there any more than they already are. I got you. Are you scared that if you try to take deductions that they will audit you or try to claim that you're being fraudulent? We, we'd rather just not get into it. We don't know what they might do and what they sure. might not do. They're a frightening we, organization. Just, we just don't go there. They're, yeah. they're frightening. No and, doubt. Karen, would you like yeah, to well, plug the your... IRS, the IRS is technically an illegal organization anyway. It was supposed to be disbanded after so many years by sure. Congress, but unfortunately they never did. Nothing says eternity like a government program. Thank you so much for the yeah. call, Karen. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're out there. That was interesting. Um, I've heard folks do it. I mean, I, 
I, you know, I don't entirely understand, but uh, you know, it's it's their business. You know, I have I to respect them. a business owner who doesn't take government grants because there's so many of them out there. And yes, they do come with strings attached. And I mean, Karen's actually sounded like a pretty principled woman, and she was. Well, you know, I, th- I think she really was understood that this this money is being taken from her by force. I think that uh, choosing not to take deductions on your, um, you know, your 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 income tax is a choice, and I don't think that it is a moral or immoral choice. It is simply, you know, a choice. Sure. Yeah, I could just... Well, uh, it's moral because it's not immoral. <laughs> okay, well, what is immoral, uh, it seems very clear to me, is that yes. the government is forcing you, you know, to give them, extracting this money from you. Immoral is using force or fraud to get what you want. And the government absolutely uses force and in some cases uses fraud. Sure. Uh, let's go to Ed in Illinois. He's been waiting patiently on the line. Ed, are you with us? Uh, good evening. Yes, I am. Hi. Uh, welcome to Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Well, uh, back to Mark. And Mark, before we start talking, I'd like to say I don't think you're a coward. Thank so you. we'll get that out of the way right off the bat. However, I think you are bad at analogies. And the analogy um, that I think the caller from Tennessee was talking about earlier in terms of whether you're respectful or not respectful of the military kind of carried over into your analogy where you're talking about high-risk civilian occupations. A lot of people don't like the comparison. Of- a lot of people don't like the comparison between, between civilian occupations and military occupations. Right, because they're not they're not the same. Because when a taxi driver goes out on his route in New York City, which is obviously a very dangerous city to drive in, as I've attested to the two or three times I've tried to navigate it, you probably don't um, die though because you don't get up to uh, right. any kind of highway speeds. <laughs> well, that, that's true. But I, there also aren't IEDs along the route either, sure. which which military people, when they're deployed to places like Afghanistan and Iraq, uh, were so, subject to. Yep. So in, in, in all honesty, to try to compare a civilian occupation that might be hazardous, you left out coal mining, which is also very hazardous. Yep, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nobody down in that mine trying to shoot you. Yeah, okay. I understand There's that. There's no one down there trying to blow you up. But what I was so, trying to... I, I got it. I, I, I see the difference, okay, absolutely. Good. That there is there are individuals on the other side. And, um, you know, the I guess what I would say in that circumstance is, is, look, if there was a foreign country that invaded this country and tried to put its moors and rules upon this country, wouldn't you be likely to pick up a gun and fight them? Well, well... Uh, of course I would, uh, because I joined the military when I was 17 years old back in 1975. So, so doesn't that make um, so doesn't that make the people in Afghanistan that are fighting the U.S. military heroes? Uh, it, from their perspective, absolutely. It depends on what perspective you want to look from. Okay. You know, uh, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, depending upon your perspective, I look at it from our perspective. And Stephanie was asking earlier, well. You know, give me an example of, you know, where, you know, they weren't being given their, their due respect. Uh, just gave you one, which is a taxi driver is not nearly as dangerous of an occupation as a foot soldier in I. Iraq or Afghanistan. Mainly, there's no one out probably, there trying to kill them. Well, probably because they're most likely to kill themselves. Uh, they're more likely to kill themselves than they are to, to be killed by the foreigners. And that says something about their job in Afghanistan. Well, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is... is Don't duck is, that. Wait a second. It's a bad analogy that you use. It's not an analogy. It was a comparison. Um, there, well, there is no analogy to... They're not comparative. The, what's that? They're, 
They're not comparative, Mark. It, it is comparative because a person, and the point I was trying to make is, is a person takes a job as a taxi driver to make money, and a person right. takes the job in the military to make money. If the military ceased to offer money and college and all the spiffs that go with it, you probably wouldn't see nearly as many people in the military. What you would see is a militia force that protected this country as opposed to a foreign interventionist force Only when it was absolutely that did necessary. what they were told. Okay, so now we're all going to have a military composed of volunteer firemen. I, I, I this is kind of ninety percent of the towns in America have volunteer compare, firefighters, no, don't no, they? No, no. The, 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 the bottom line is this: this is where this this free talk goes off into the into the into the ditch in terms of being realistic about what's going on in the world. Oh, I'm not saying we're realistic. Wait a second, wait a second. Okay, fantastic. (laughs) I'm not claiming for a second that we're realistic. But as long as we're we're there, will you please rebut the statement, and I'm not making it, I'm only repeating it, that the military is a bunch of paid killers working for liars and thieves. Oh, I I totally agree with the liars and thieves portion. Uh, Well, the liars and thieves portion. You don't agree with the paid killers portion? But the bottom line is, is there's never been a, a military force in history that didn't fight for a wage ever. Name one. Well, there were okay. okay. The, um, Name the, one. Name one. You don't get to say it three times if I'm going to try to say it. Um, <laughs> okay, the, please. The go ones ahead. on the the militia in uh, Bunker Hill, uh, in the Revolutionary War, they were all people, farmers and and you know craftsmen that were that fought for for nothing in in the Revolutionary War. Ed? Oh, that's not true. That's not true. It is. Sorry, Ed. we got to move on. Thanks for your thoughts tonight. This is Free Talk Live. There's more the coming up here. The Continental Army did take over, though. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyAndHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the live Sunday night edition with Stephanie and Mark. And I uh, want to remind you that if you go to archives.freetalklive.com, actually, there's two different ways to get the archives of Free Talk Live because not only are we a live show, but we actually make all of our uh, recorded, you know, all of our shows are recorded and turned into podcasts for you, uh, free to download, free to share with your friends. The most recent seven days of the show. Archives are right up at the top of the website at freetalklive.com. But if you go to archives.freetalklive.com, you'll actually see MP3 archives of the show going back to late 2006. So it's a ton of audio content there for you. And uh, please go and enjoy it and share it with your friends. 
And uh, Mark? Bitcoins, they are an online currency that is peer-to-peer and open source. You can send and receive money without having to pay any fees with Bitcoins. And it makes it really convenient if you're uh, doing business. Uh, you basically can become your own banker. You can secure your Bitcoins in uh, such a manner that uh, you don't need banks in order to secure your money any longer. And, you know, there's been a lot of trouble with banks over the last half a decade or so in this country. And I like the idea of being able to cut them out of my life to some extent. Mm. And uh, a great way to store your Bitcoins is blockchain.info, at least some of them. At blockchain.info, I would probably secure the majority of my Bitcoins in a secure place on my computer, and you can uh, go online and find out about that. Uh, oh, but there's great utility to being able to just create a wallet, a yep. Bitcoin wallet. And, you know, some people use them for accepting payments, like they have give a unique address to each That's customer right. so that you know who paid for their stuff. So, yeah, t- totally useful. Blockchain.info offers you secure wallets online that they don't have access to. They actually have apps for Android and uh, jailbroken iPhones. They allow you to send money to people with uh, just email addresses or Facebook friends or anybody's cell phone, so they don't have to have a, a Bitcoin wallet themselves. And they offer all that for free. You can get your free Bitcoin wallet today at blockchain.info. All right. Sounds great. Let's talk to Aaron, listening in Manchester, New Hampshire, on the Amp Lines. Aaron, are you with us? Good evening, Mark and Stephanie. It's a pleasure to speak to the two of you. I'm calling concerning uh, Jim, who called in earlier, uh, unhappy with the various hosts of Free Talk Live because he felt that you were not giving the military due respect while they're out there fighting for our freedom. Is that correct? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, The question I have for Jim would be, if the military is out there fighting for our freedom, why is it we're less free now than we were a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago? That's a great and question. Well, I'd like to know the answer to that, too. You know, I would say the answer to that is, is that a lot of people in the military believe that they're being to- what they're being told allows them to fight for our freedoms. However, they're being lied to. And if one can look at the evidence over time, that is, i.e., we are getting less free – and see that uh, you know what the military is doing is playing into that uh, because it's just another government bureaucracy. It's the post office in fatigues. Um, then one should come to the uh, conclusion that being in the military doesn't protect freedom. And I I agree with that. Um, my my feeling is anybody who thinks they're out there fighting for protect our freedom is quite frankly delusional. And I'm just wondering how much honor and respect. I owe to someone who is willing to kill people in the name of a delusion. Um, Yeah, it's a good question, Aaron, and thank you for your thoughts tonight. Appreciate your call. You know, I don't think you owe anybody respect, you know, right off the gate, right? I'm sorry. One truism in in this uh, country is is that you essentially cannot make a comment about the military without having been in the military, without having added to the problem. You may not address the problem. And, you know, what my statement to that would be is, look, those uh, the government demands my money in the form of taxes in order to pay the salaries of the people in the military. So therefore, I get an opinion. I get an opinion on my employees that I hire. By the way, I have no employees. I mean, you'd be the closest thing I've got to an employee. I (laughs) share some of the the earnings of Free Talk Live in order to get you down here to do the show with me. Um, But, you know, I have some kind of uh, input on my employees, and therefore I should have input on what the military does, and I don't have any input. All I can do is talk. In the United States of America, we uh, what was at one point the freest country on earth. We still retain the freedom to complain. Well, according to uh, some people, we don't. <laughs> well, yeah, if you don't like it, you can leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, one thing I, I respect wanted to... the Free State Project and you people liking liberty and stuff, but if you don't like it here, leave. 
one thing I wanted to say was that, you know, a lot of people who have called tonight have just had basically insults. You know, like when someone has an ad hominem, when they just want to call you a name and they don't have any specific things that 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 you said that were incorrect you know they don't have any facts that they bring up that okay look this is a fact you you said this it doesn't match up one of us is wrong right right or they they don't say that oh your logic is incorrect I'd love to talk about facts that's sure. what i really want to talk about and if i if a military individual was to call in and um you know i was to thank them for their service nobody would su- dispute it right, right? no one would dispute it now one could question who are you serving? And if you think you're serving the American people, I can rebut that statement. But if you yeah. think you're serving politicians in Washington, I don't think it's it's irrefutable. It's it's and by at the least way, the majority of the politicians. We, we should say that Mark, you know, you were once of that opinion that yes, thank you for your service. I'm you're a, a great American. I did not want to be of this opinion. This is an extraordinarily unpopular opinion where yes. people will call you all kinds of terrible names, uh, everything short of heretic of the religion of nationalism, everything short of it. I mean, I get called a coward. I was called a coward this evening. I get called uh, you know every name in the book for not towing the line that uh, the military is out there protecting our freedoms. I just can't see it's true. Yeah. I mean, if there are facts that uh, dispute what you have to say, why not bring out those? Why no, do you have because to? because it's easier to call your radio station and complain <laughs> about it. Why do they have to call your names, though? I mean, if that, if that argument was so good that the military is indeed protecting our freedom, then why not lay out that argument? You know, why do you have to? Ins- why do they have to insult you? You know, I think they're just just upset. Yeah. So let's go back to the phones. Uh, let's talk with Logan in Kentucky. Logan, are you with us? Hello. Hi. Welcome to Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Oh, um, I'm just wondering, um, since 9-11 had recently passed, I had heard a bunch of things saying that 9-11 is a conspiracy, and I just wanted to know your all's opinions on that. Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay, so this is not an easy question to answer, and uh, this is like talking about the military because I will be inundated oh, with calls. Oh yeah, after we'll this. get calls, we'll get emails. But here's yeah. my here's my statement, prepared as it is. None of us know what happened on nine eleven. Um, you know, George Bush doesn't know what happened on nine eleven. Everybody knows bits and pieces that knows anything, and then you and I know nothing. Um, we we know that uh, business basically came to a standstill and the country changed. I don't know if uh, seventeen bad Muslim people from Yemen and uh, and Saudi Arabia, and that's largely where they came from, uh, bombed. You know, took. Uh, got control of airplanes and flew them into buildings or whether it's some kind of nasty conspiracy or whatever. But I would say that if it was a conspiracy, it doesn't matter because the 10-year mark has come and gone and nothing's changed in America. And a lot of significant conspiracies in history that were actually proven, yes, the conspiracy story was right, uh, largely haven't impacted the the way that the world is today. The Gulf of Tonkin was a conspiracy. People have come out on their deathbed saying that the CIA assassinated uh, uh, JFK, and it hasn't changed the government. No one's gone to jail. What I do know, and my opinion is is pretty close to yours, Marks, but what I do know is that the, what happened on 9-11 was used to justify a lot of uh, things that I really don't like. Loss of liberties, war, uh, huge changes in people's lives that I really disagree with. So I prefer to focus on that. And uh, Logan, if you like, uh, thank you for your call tonight. I guess we uh, answered his question. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to talk to us about 9-11 or something else, 855-450-FREE. Stay tuned. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. The show is Free Talk Live. You're listening to the live Sunday night edition with Stephanie and Mark. And uh, Free Talk Live is actually live every single night of the week from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Go to freetalklive.com to find out more about that. And uh, while you're there, you can actually see how to watch us doing the show. Instead of just listening, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. There you'll find the studio camera, which uh, sometimes we will wave to. If you've to. got extra bandwidth and extra time, I suppose <laughs> you can go watch us at cam.freetalklive.com. Well, another thing about that is you can chat with other listeners, so get a little bit of connection there with the Free Talk Live uh, community or certain segment of it. BitInstant.com is the way to go about purchasing your Bitcoins. Um, there you can, at BitInstant.com, you can go find uh, more than 750,000 locations around the world. Walmarts, CVSs, 7-Elevens, major banks. And you can figure out how to make your deposits. Dwalla.com, you can actually do it from right from your desktop. But how to uh, you know turn your dollars into Bitcoins. They you know f- go there, find where you want to, uh, what organization you want to deposit with. Or location, get that number, transfer the uh, the money in, whether you have to drive there or do it on your computer. And near, very quickly, you will receive your Bitcoins. It's uh, likely before you get home if you go someplace. So it's a bitinstant.com. Yeah, very cool service. Mark, let's go right back to the phones. I want to talk with Pat in Virginia. Pat, are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you tonight? Great. Welcome to Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, well, I was talking about the military, a little bit about the military there. I, I live in uh, Norfolk, so uh, I see him leaving this port here, mm-hmm. you know, going out daily. I see planes flying daily. So, uh, hey, I know they're supporting our freedom. How do you know that because they're flying planes and going out in boats that they're supporting our freedom? I mean, aren't fishermen and airplane pilots uh, going and flying in planes and leaving in boats? Yeah, 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 that's true, too. But I'm talking, these are military ships and military planes, and uh, I know Obama's got a hand in it, you know? So Obama's Obama's protecting our freedom? They're going overseas to support our freedom. I believe in that, truly. Well, you would have to believe in it, um, because it certainly can't be demonstrably shown. So if Obama believes in our freedom, uh, or is, you know, supporting our freedom, why are we not more free than we were, say, three years ago? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I really don't know the answer to that, but another caller might. Okay. All right, Pat. Thanks for the call. Thanks Pat. for the call tonight. Let's go to Steve listening in Seattle. Steve, are you with us? Hey there. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, you sound great. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. So uh, I was in the military for 10 years, and <laughs> not one single second that I spent in uniform was spent defending the freedom of anybody. Moreover, not a single person that I served with or knew in the military spent one single second in uniform 
defending the freedom of anybody. So what does defending the freedom mean? I mean, if you're if you're saying it, you didn't do it, then what would it, what would the, what would have it looked like if you had? Uh, it would involve the troops marching on Washington D.C. and arresting politicians. It, you did swear an oath to enemies, foreign and domestic. Wow. And if, if one you got could it, show, and I, if one could show that politicians correct. were enemies of the Constitution, then one then then the military should go and arrest them. Right, exactly, and like and like virtually everyone in the military, I had no clue about the politician or excuse me about the Constitution when I signed an oath to it. Virtually no one in the military, if you took a thousand people randomly chosen from among the the uh, the uniformed active duty personnel and started asking them just any question about the Constitution. How many provisions are in the First Why? Amendment of the Bill of Rights, you know, that kind of thing? Right, exactly. Uh, you know, how how was it ratified? What yeah, were the arguments of the people who were opposed to ratification, et cetera? Yeah, oh, yeah. you would complex. <laughs> right. I mean, just somebody who might have read, you know, give me three of the five provisions in the first uh, amendment to the in the Bill of Rights. I don't think most people could do that. I think that there was some there was some poll that said that Americans, like thirty percent of Americans, believe the Constitution uh, enumerated the right to own a pet. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, and even well, if they knew well, that, if they knew that trivia, it wouldn't necessarily make them freedom fighters no, or whatever just, either. It's just, just showing that the, they're right. familiar. Takes, takes the oath with any seriousness. Right. And uh, right. Well, one one thing that I'd like to say, yep. uh, real quick, and I know you probably have the phones might might be blowing up right now. I don't. They're know, blowing but, up. Uh, one thing. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I'd like to say is if you is that this whole thing, the statism, this belief in the in the. Uh, goodness and validity and power of government is a religion. It's a cult, and troop worship is a a doctrine of that cult. and And if you want proof of this, or not proof is not the right word. Evidence would be sure. a better word. Uh, just observe. Just go to any of the f the troops. You know, uh, forsake the troops. Let's say uh, websites or Facebook pages or whatever, and look at the just the madness and the anger and the rage of the critics of those pages and then compare that to the rage that you see when uh western cartoonists uh make images of muhammad that offends people in the muslim world the reactions are identical steve thank you for sharing exact reactions thank you for sharing your thoughts tonight i appreciate your call um, and yeah, they, they have symbols, you know, the flag, they have uh, rituals, the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, put your hand over your heart. You know, they have beliefs that are held without evidence. You know, That's faith. That's people, a religion. People are told that uh, the military fights for the country and, um, you know, there's a huge sacrifice on the side of people that uh, whose children go to fight yes. and uh, the people that went and fought. There's huge sacrifice. And it would be really mentally difficult to... Have that sacrifice be for nothing or for the whims of politicians that could have solved problems in far different manners. I, I do really feel for them. And that's why I like to talk about it, because I think it's important. You know, that's when, why I've asked. When people are dying and being hurt, like that deserves some attention. Right. And that deserves to really be scrutinized. Like, that's is why, this is this necessary? Is this justified? I'm sorry. I keep on. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Mark. I keep on thinking you're done. <laughs> that's why I've asked, how do I support the troops without supporting their mission? Because I don't know how to do it right 
I think I people want to hear mission. you say that. They want to hear you say, yes, I support the troops even if I disagree with the war, right? So, That's well, a truism. I guess. What is a troop? But what does that I mean? I support people and I want them to be safe and I want them to not uh, you know, do bad things to other people. Yep. So the, you know, to me, the best way to support the troops is for the troops. The only the only people that can support the troops in the way that I want the troops supported are the troops. Yeah, the, they're the ones who are in control of their lives, and I want them to stop working for these despotic uh, politicians. You know, uh, just as a follow up on Steve's call, our board operator Charles says, as a previous military member, I can vouch and say that I didn't join to protect the country. That belief was indoctrinated into me during boot camp. We have all so, kinds of callers that have called and said, uh, you know, the same things. And obviously, they're not going to be all listening at the same time. Sure. The opinions that I have and th- those But this is have, not a universally held no. belief that the troops are protecting our freedom and they can do no wrong. Right. I mean, it's there's some people universal. who are willing to critique. Uh, Argumentum ad populum is, frankly, that what that logical fallacy is. Right. I could be the only person on the planet that's making this argument, and that wouldn't make it wrong. Sure. It would just make it uh, you know, whatever it is. Just make it that unusual. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the phones and talk to Mike in Honolulu. Mike, are you with us? Hey, Stephanie Mark, you there? Yes. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. So um, I was in the Marines for five years. Okay. And uh, when, I, when I joined, I was one of the people who believed I was, you know, serving my country, fighting for freedom, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, during, during my service, I, I became a libertarian, and, and through that process, eventually an anti-statist, basically a, a free market anarchist. Sure. Um, Anarchists but, are but people who dress in black and throw Molotov cocktails. The, he said anti-statist If you want to look at it from the statist <laughs> perspective, you know, well, let's look at congressional approval ratings. Let's look at presidential approval ratings. By the way, a statist, for people who are listening who don't know what that what that means, I would say it's somebody who supports and endorses the state, right? Would you say that's accurate? Oh, yeah, that's good. good call, Sam. Yeah. So... so the, the, the people who say, you know, you need to support the troops, well, the troops, they do serve these politicians. They do serve the president. They, they in fact, they even support the, the corporations that, that get them elected. Um, and so if the approval rating of these politicians, presidents, and corporations is so low, how do you justify... You know, supporting your son, your brother, your yeah. relative going into the military. Indeed. Or Mike, th- thank you for sharing your thoughts with us tonight. It's Free Talk Live. There's more coming up here. 855-450-FREE. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the live Sunday night edition with Stephanie and Mark. You can call us tonight at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450, the word free, spelling out uh, free, the word. And uh, by the way, I want to remind you that you can help out Free Talk Live really easily by just simply going to our 
uh, affiliate link, which is shop.freetalklive.com. There you'll find some uh, different places that you can shop. And if you enter through Free Talk Live's portal, for instance, like Amazon, you can buy the things that you normally buy. And Free Talk Live will get a small referral fee without affecting your purchase price at all. So everything's the same. Just Free Talk Live gets a little uh, cut and then it adds up over time and helps out the show. So we really appreciate that. Shop.freetalklive.com. Um, let's go back to the phones, Mark. We've been loaded up with calls all night. I love shows like this because there's so many participating people. Uh, let's go to Justin listening in North Par- Port, Florida. Justin, are you with us? Yeah. Uh, so I kind of I want to change the topic, but before I do, I wanted to touch on kind of what's going on tonight with people seemingly so brainwashed with the military. Uh, and it's, it's hard when you live in a society where nobody is ever pre- presenting an alternative point of view to the military keeps us free. They're great. They can do no wrong. I mean, when you're surrounded by people and nobody's questioning that, it can be hard to, to I don't know, free your mind. I Not guess. to mention the fact that the United States uh, or the government schools don't uh, teach a course called critical thinking. No. <laughs> right. And, and this is uh, basically what I, I called last night to talk about how people around me make me feel like I'm insane because I haven't moved to the Free State Project yet. And uh, what a, a good example of that is I'm, I'm currently in school finishing my bachelor's degree, and you can argue that when you argue about the military, it's somewhat intangible, so that's why people can make these vague arguments. They're but, defending our freedoms. Right. And, but in, uh, in school, I talk to a lot of people that agree that we're getting a terrible education, we're being treated like crap, and yet we still pay a couple thousand dollars a semester for it. And yet when I, uh, I ha- it seems like every semester I have an issue with a professor who I feel is treating me disrespectfully and that I feel should be working for me. And when I talk to the other students about it and try to get them on my side, the answer is always, well, you know, just go along with it. Just do what he said. Mm, well, that is to a certain extent another sacred cow, which is that the more education you can get, the better. It doesn't matter how much it costs. It doesn't matter what your experience of it is like. Just, you know, get as much education as you can, and that's your ticket to success. When maybe because that's... Edu- because the, it's not actually education that's the ticket to success. It's the degree. And mm-hmm. that's all anybody's there for. You can get the education for free. You can go online and learn True. whatever it is that they're teaching you there. It's the degree that people are buying. You think, Justin, maybe like the um, your peers, like the students around you, like the cost to them of admitting that maybe they're overpaying for an education that's not really educating them, frankly, is is just too high for them to admit that to themselves. And so they just don't want to even think about it. Do you think that could be possible? I think that's, that's very possible. I mean, since I when I first started school, I was able to tell myself, yeah, it's expensive. It's not fun. I hate school. You know, I mean, I love learning, but I hate the lecture environment. But right. I was able to tell myself for a long time it'll be worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm almost done. It's taken me seven years now to get my bachelor's. But I'm finally almost done, and I can honestly say that it's been, I believe, the biggest waste of time and money in my entire life so far. What, wow. what are you Sorry going for a degree, for, a degree in? Uh, mechanical engineering. Wow, it and that's one of the won't ones. Be that... a waste of time because that's one of the few degrees that you can actually use <laughs> to do what uh, what it is that you're you're going for. Yeah, it sounds and like it. Unfortunately, they just at least in the school I'm in. Admittedly, there's there's other schools. There could be better schools out there. The school that I go to, you learn nothing but theory, 
And I've had professors actually tell me, don't try to apply this in the real world because it's just theory. Wow. And so That's I interesting. Like, yeah, you wonder what... You wonder what college would be like if they were a lot more responsive to the students. And uh, Justin, good luck. I thank you for the call tonight. I hope everything works out. Maybe he can, you know, maybe he can do some uh, mechanical engineering on his own, have his little workshop or something like that, build some things that maybe people could use. Uh, so let's go to Eric next in Missouri. Eric, are you with us? Yes, I am. Thank you for taking my call. Sure thing. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Uh, I would like to uh, voice an opinion on um, our uh, uh, soldiers fighting for our freedom. Sure. Um, I believe that those who have a lot of the the veterans have fought in Korea, Vietnam, um, uh, Desert Storm, and for those that are fighting in the war that we're in now, I believe they have they are fighting uh, for uh, money and power and oil for our government. But if they were to be fighting for our freedom, then the war would be on our own, on our soil, uh, against us and our enemies, or us against our own government. Yeah, it's awfully an offensive kind of. Uh, uh... You're conflict. never going to if if the war is on our um, is on this soil, uh, winning against the government is going to be a terrible t- at a terrible cost. Um, you know, governments really can't. It, it's you can do more. A group of people could do more against the government by simply refusing to pay taxes than they could by picking up arms and going into fight fighting. Oh, I agree so much with you. Oh, yes. And um, uh, thank you for saying that. But when it comes to, um, <laughs> like you know, for, the, the foreign wars and, and that sort of thing, uh, you know, Smedley Butler, the two time Medal of Honor winning major general who wrote the, the, the book War is a Racket, claimed that all he was was a, uh, you know, a, a high powered hitman working for Standard Oil and, uh, you know, listed off a bunch of other companies, but mm-hmm. basically said that essentially the military industrial complex who Eisenhower warned us about. I don't know how many more generals I'm going to have to quote here in order to get this message across <laughs> to the jingoists. But, um, you know, Eisenhower warned us about the military-industrial complex, and uh, Smedley Butler basically pointed out that the military-industrial complex owns the military, owns Washington, D.C. Uh, it doesn't own the military. It owns Washington, D.C., by, and the military just follows what Washington, D.C. says because they are told essentially never to question orders. So there you go. Sure. Eric, any final thoughts? Uh, well, I have um, uh, relatives, cousins, um, that have fought in uh, Desert Storm, and I have a cousin that's fighting uh, across seas right now. You know, um, I thank you for what you have said, and I agree with you totally 100%, and thank you for taking my call. Thanks so much, Eric. Nice to hear from you. And, of course, if you want to call us with your thoughts, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Let's go. I think Americans are just sick of their children being thrown away on these stupid wars that have no point. Uh, I would be if I had any children. Sure. Uh, anyway, when I was that age. I was ready to sign up for the military. I just don't think that, you know, they they have the the, the wisdom and the, 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 the sort of current events knowledge. You know, I, I will tell this story, even though I'm embarrassed of it. Um, I considered briefly signing up for, oh, I think it was the National Guard when I was about 16 years old. And, you know, the reason because I was overweight and I thought it would force me to get into shape. It's probably another reason that people do. Yeah. 
it's a terrible reason to <laughs> sign your life away. Well, essentially, you don't have that many options at 18 years old. I mean, what, yeah. you, I mean, you've I was at a government 16, school. But... You're not trained to do anything there. No. I mean, it's a general education, and a general education is essentially nothing. What are you going to do? You know, where are you going to go? You don't want to go to college and pay for that because you know most people that go to college don't uh, don't sure. use their degree for anything. What are you supposed to do? Where are you supposed to go? The uniform for McDonald's isn't nearly as universally respected as the univer as the uniform for the Marines. Sure. Well, and and people claim it gives you discipline and a direction in life. And really, how about doing some introspection? Most how about trying dir- a, diff- a couple of different jobs? Most and of that what you direction like? seems to be getting the hell out of the military. The vast majority of the people that go into it get out of <laughs> yeah, it in their first to. opportunity. Right. Is that the direction they're talking about? Yeah, it must be. Uh, let's see what David, listening in Keene, New Hampshire, thinks. David, are you here? Hi, I'm here. Hi. I was going to say something about um, the troops or whatever they're um, Anyway, I was going to say that um, to an extent I have respect for the troops because to some of um, because many, I think there are many that go in. I mean, I personally think they get duped by a lot of things, but... But I think many go in, and they think they're protecting us. Oh, I think that that's true. How can anybody not honor? Th- I mean, I honor, I honor that. I, mean, I I believe my my job is to like disabuse them of that to some extent, if I can, if it's at all possible. But yeah, yeah, I w- I would say I have respect for them because they're they're human beings, right? I can relate to them, on, and thank you for the call, David. Thanks. Um, I respect them as as human beings, but I have a serious disagreement with their choice of career. The attention that they have, uh, intention that they have, excuse me, not attention, intention that they have by going in and protecting uh, freedoms and all that stuff and getting paid for it and getting a cool uniform and getting their college paid for. Unfortunately, that's not usually how it works out. And uh, this is Free Talk Live. We'll be back in Hour 3 coming up here in a moment. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the live Sunday night edition with Stephanie and Mark. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Call in and talk to us about whatever's on your mind. We've had quite a wide range of topics come up on this evening's show. One more time, that number is 855-450-3733. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com's got what you need. They've got the name brands. they got them at the best price, whether you need knives or ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, whatever it is that you need for the outdoors enthusiast in your life, be that you or someone you love, you can get the best prices on the name brands at manventureoutpost.com. And an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. All right. Mark, uh, let's go right back to the phones. We're going to talk with Rich listening in New Hampshire. Rich, are you with us? Uh, yep, I sure am. Hey, welcome to Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Well, I just picked up a copy of the Sunday Union Leader, and front page above the fold, the headline reads, Lawyers, Nullify New Tool for Juries. And it predicts significant changes in the way that uh, criminal cases will be argued in the state of New Hampshire. Then when you turn mm. to the... Uh, Page A4, there are two more stories. The first say some, 
his headline, Some Lawmakers See Marijuana Case Aiding Legalization, and the mm. other says, Juror, Religion Not a Factor in Nullification Decision. That's very interesting. Now, I just want to give everybody a little uh, executive summary in case they're not familiar with what's been happening recently. There was a case in New Hampshire uh, where a Rastafarian man was allegedly, you know, growing marijuana, got charged with, you know, whatever the crime is, growing pot. He went to a jury trial and he didn't believe, by the way, that he had done anything wrong, of course. So he pleaded not guilty, went to jury trial. And uh, the jury was read some instructions by the judge. Uh, it's not required to do that yet in New Hampshire, although there is a law passed that says it will be soon. That says in January coming up, uh, judges will have to uh, let the jury know that nullification is an option, so they can judge the law itself and not just the facts of the case. Uh, so the judge did let this jury know, and uh, apparently they they found him not guilty. You know, even though it was obvious that he was growing pot. Uh, so they this was a clear case of nullification. Uh, actually, on Free Talk Live, one of the jurors was interviewed. I believe she's a Free State Project participant, and you know she gave some insights into that. But it's great to hear, Rich, that it's getting some pre- you know press coverage, and that it seems like this is going to be a big deal in that it's going to s- kind of set some precedents for other cases. Yes, the press coverage is very important. And by the way, this this article, uh, the first article, notes that there are attorneys who are planning on using it before the first of the year, mm-hmm. and obviously it has been used once now, so apparently they're expecting judges to say, look, this is in the law, if it's fair after the first, it's fair before the first. And right. uh, I have one correction. Yeah, on why wait until is, January? You know, <laughs> If something yeah. is, is supposed to be the law, then why, yeah, why wait to implement it? And it's interesting, exactly. too, because... I read the wording of that law, and it was so confusing. I mean, it was essentially, you know, it was supposed to be saying, look, basically judges have to let the jury know that nullification is an option. But the way that it was worded was so convoluted, and I don't think anyone could have made sense of it. It didn't make sense to me, and I'm at least a little bit familiar with these kind of things. So I I think they're going to adopt... Yeah, go ahead. I understood where they were going because I knew what the intent was, so I kind of understood where they were putting it, but interestingly enough, there was a much clearer law introduced into the legislature before it died in the Senate, and apparently somebody looked at the Republican um, platform in New Hampshire and said, hey, wait, the Republican platform says we support jury nullification, and then they went back, and this new law, which is, I agree, completely bizarre wording, um, is what we ended up with. So that was something where, you know, a lot of people put down the people who do political action, but free staters doing activism inside the Republican Party undoubtedly are related to that uh, campaign, that platform plank. Undoubtedly. I don't know if they want to marry themselves to the, uh, um, to the particular law that got passed, but uh, it, it, it is the first of its kind. And so what do you think, that, um, how do you think this is going to impact the, uh, I guess, marijuana issue, Rich? Do you believe that also that it may uh, be, a you know, bode well for legalization or whatever, decriminalization? This could be the tool that, resents, that results in the legalization of marijuana in New Hampshire. It works on two fronts, okay? The first front is even if one out of ten Hot cases are getting nullified. Ten percent. That gives every every jury, 
uh, every defendant, no matter how red-handed he was caught, a a reason to go to trial anyway yeah. and hope to win the nullification lottery. And the state That's doesn't like that. They want you to plea out so they don't have to bother going through with a trial because it's, you know, it costs them money and resources and so forth. And, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think you're onto something because I know that jury nullification basically helped end, uh, uh, excuse me, alcohol prohibition back in the 1920s. It sure did. And the, se- and the way it did that, um, or the second way that it did that, was it gives legislators intellectual and political cover to say, hey, juries all over New Hampshire are nullifying this law, therefore it's anti-democratic to keep the thing. And that way they can avoid having the courage to speak and say the drug war is wrong. They can just say, well, the juries don't like it. And that gives them a very nice excuse for voting to repeal the marijuana laws in New Hampshire. You know, that's a point that I had never thought of. Yeah, Rich, I, at first and... I was thinking, it doesn't seem like they particularly care what the people think. But yeah, that's an interesting uh, point, that, that they would just be able to say, well, oh, the juries are saying, uh, you know, I don't have to really take a stand or <laughs> make any kind of issue out of it. And, uh, Rich... and the reality is, I don't think it's that they do care what the people think. I think what they care about is these people are driven by ego, and it is humiliating for them when they pass a law and the people say, screw you, you know. Um, <laughs> and they don't, they don't like that, and they're either going to stop bringing prosecutions, which is a de facto solution, or they're going to change the law, which is a de jure solution. Right. Rich, thank you so much for that uh, report. Appreciate your thoughts tonight. This was, you know, there was a one point relatively recently in American culture when, uh, you know, people would be brought up on charges for doing things, playing sports, opening businesses, doing whatever, hunting on Sundays. That sure. is a de facto solution is, is that's not done anymore. The laws their are still, ankles. <laughs> the, the, the laws are still in effect. The yeah. laws still exist in New Hampshire that you can't, if somebody complains, you can't play sports on Sundays. But nobody complains. Right. Uh, let's go to Alulia, listening in Arkansas. Alulia, am yes. I pronouncing your name correctly? Yes, you are. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. I, I just wanted to, I wrote some stuff down because I've got a very many-faceted uh, mind going. Sure. And uh, I just wanted to talk about fear is the root of our problem in our society. Fear. Okay. Uh, I believe so. And uh, uh, what I believe is, is one experiences fear at an early age. And I did when I was a child. I would go to the toys and and be in a grocery store, and I'd be looking at the toys, and then I'd find out that my mother was gone down an aisle, and I'd lose her. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's a scary experience when you're a kid. And I felt insecure. Sure. And, um, And so anyway... As a child, we start facing these fears, and then we live in insecurity and grow up, uh, um, especially if our parents, you know, split up or something, we uh, kind of get our world shaken, sure. and, and we find that we're living in a harsh and unfair world. Um, uh, so then we begin to have an old, minds, an old man's mindset. And we begin to think that we can control things. And uh, by doing that, sometimes trying to control others, and their minds are set on an old mind's mindset 
by uh, knowing that that how they can fix things yeah. by controlling things. I, I agree with you, Alulia, that people do try to control others. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, when they're scared. Oh, I think that that's the you know that's this major problem in human interactions. Eight five five four fifty free. Call us if you're scared or you want to control us. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition. It's Stephanie with you. Don't forget, Free Talk Live is actually on every single night of the week from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can always find out uh, a little more about us by going to our website, freetalklive.com. And if you really like the program, if you want to help Free Talk Live grow uh, voluntarily, support Free Talk Live and get some perks, maybe you'd like to look into the AMP program. And you can find out more about that at amp.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market and Promote. It allows you to donate a little bit of money to Free Talk Live on a monthly basis. You know, less, very small, meager fee gets you incredible perks like a commercial-free podcast, special status on the Free Talk Live bulletin board system, access to the AMP uh, call-in lines. And so there's all kinds of great things about it, and it helps Free Talk Live grow. So go to amp.freetalklive.com to find out more about that. All right, 855-450-FREE is our phone number. Real quick, Stephanie, I wanted you to remind people about your radio program. Oh, thank you. Uh, I have my own show. It's called Pork Therapy, and you can find it at PORCtherapy.com. It's a weekly live show, and then I also have bonus podcasts available there. And uh, I guess exciting news while we're pimping this, I made my first audiobook, Mark. Oh, really? Yes. It's called Markets Not Capitalism. Oh, I'm familiar with it. Yep. Um, it, I think people may be interested in that. Is it like, by DeSoto? Who is it by? Uh, it's a collection of essays. So it has okay. many different um, contemporary and sort of old school authors, but it's edited by Gary Chartier and Charles W. Johnson, okay. both you know very smart gentlemen. I think people may like this book if they are uh, maybe coming from the left, You know, if they're involved with the Occupy movement, if they're... Uh, kind of interested in this liberty thing, but they're not so sure about these big corporations and they don't like some of that rhetoric that sometimes goes along with people who talk about freedom. Uh, this is the book for you. So uh, uh, if you search for Markets Not Capitalism audiobook, you can download it for free. And uh, I recommend that if you're interested. So um, let's go back to the phones. We're going to talk with Brian in Arkansas. Brian, are you with us? Hi, how are you guys doing? Thank you for so much for taking my call. Oh, welcome uh, to the show. Thank you. I'm. Uh, I, first of all, I would like to, to to say thank you for your service and Mark's <laughs> and uh, the other guys. Thank you, Brian. There on during the week, Ian's. Because it takes it takes a brass pair to stand <laughs> up there and be and a lot of courage. It might just be mental illness. People that that <laughs> want to go the other way. Yep. So yeah, we are certainly sometimes expressing some that. unpopular opinions on Free Talk Live. But, you know, Mark, like you, you were saying earlier, you, you used to basically go with the truisms. You used to kind of go along to get along. And then it was like unbeatable logic. Like you couldn't argue uh, for those truisms anymore. Yep. Brian? Yeah. I, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I was thinking about this. 
I spent 15 years in the United States Marine Corps. Uh-huh. I still love my United States Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. I love the people that I serve with. Yep, sure. I cannot stand a government that oppresses people. Because basically that's what we do. We go kick people off their land, bomb the hell out of them, and tell them it's all for democracy. We're bringing you a better thing. Well, you know what? We can look back at what the military has done to the Indians in Oklahoma, you know, out of North Carolina, and walk them to, oh, to sure. Oklahoma. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I can't take that service back. I've done it, got the T-shirt, and enjoyed part of it. There's parts of it that I just wish I could sleep at night well, but I can't. I'm so sorry but, to hear that. Well, Brian, thank you so much for for being honest about that with us. And it I takes a lot to. Any, I don't think anyone has any obligation to apologize for having been in the military. No. Everybody supports the government when they pay taxes. Everybody supports the government when they drive on their roads, and I mean they they operate within a system that they have to operate within. And and sometimes it's really hard to know, especially like you know before there was the internet. How are you supposed to find out some of these things? Like, hey, if I go into the military, they might do some things I disagree with. They might might want me to do things that I disagree with. How are you supposed to find that out if you if you didn't know that before? Well, it's uh, it's uh, you just you go in there and your hands are pretty much tied. Yeah. You don't get yeah. to make decisions. Yep. Um, the other hand of this, I drive a truck now. I don't, thank you. For thank your you service. for your service. <laughs> I have a corporation. It's me and my cat. Yeah. Over here sleeping, but. Um, you know, for what I do, I'm us truckers are the most oppressed people in the world. God, aren't they? Yeah, we I we mean, hear from a lot and, of truckers and, on this on this show on Free Talk Live during the week, and man, it sounds like you y'all have a lot of regulations to deal with. You can get you know basically pulled over and your livelihood interrupted for for just having a light out that you didn't know about that's somewhere on the back of your truck. And uh, yeah, it's it does seem like uh, there's a lot a lot governing that particular field. Well, it's you know, it, 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 it's all it's not about safety. It's all about revenue. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and I try very hard to be safe. I've never had an accident. Knock on wood. Mm. Um, I've never had a speaking ticket in a semi truck. Knock you know, knock on wood. But but any trooper at any time can say, I need to check in your sleeper. And unless you take the key out and throw it in the bushes over there, they can get in. And they they will they will just do anything that they want. That's their home. Your that's your home. Just to disrupt you. Right. You, I mean, you know, you're, that's, you're supposed, a man's supposed to be, sacri- a person is supposed to be sacrosanct in their home, and that's your home, and they can just go and rummage through that. Mm. I, that's right, because I've lived in this truck for the last three years. Brian, you know, thank you, I mean, thank I, you again you know, for your wife. service, and thank you for calling us tonight. I really appreciate hearing your thoughts. Uh, that was a really... It may Enlightening sound call. Patronizing and you know, but I'm I don't mind sounding patronizing when it comes to truckers. I think they're real American heroes. <laughs> Let's go to uh Don listening in Minnesota. Don, are you with us? Hi. Hi, Don, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh I had a question about the Supreme Court uh when they uh set in motion the law to give corporations the same rights as uh, individuals. What's your uh, what's your feeling about that? I think that uh, corporations are uh, pieces of paper, file folders created by uh, the government. Um, I mean, you know, what's the name of this decision? Doesn't it have a name? The Citizens uh, United. Citizens United, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is just a portion of the Citizens United uh, case. I mean, it has some things in it that I can sort of understand why they made that ruling, but that doesn't make it 
you know, th- this is a real pr- un- unpopular provision, and I can see why, is that uh, suddenly pieces of paper are, are persons, and those persons have the right to speech, and that speech can only be, uh, you know, enacted through the money that the people who already have speech, uh, who work for the pieces of paper, can spend on things. I mean, it, it's this weird sort of uh, legal world. land, uh, weird uh, kind of, you know, yeah, d- where drink the per- one potion get bigger, drink the other mean... potion get smaller. It's crazy. <laughs> Don, did you? I don't know if you heard about this, but there we actually read an article a couple weeks ago about a woman who made a protest against that decision by marrying a corporate person, and she somehow got a a marriage certificate. This was in Seattle. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, I think what what the last outsider, the last decision on on the on the healthcare. I think the the last ten decisions that they've made up there, you know, have been five four, you know, uh, on the right side or conservative side, and then all of a sudden uh, Roberts uh, uh, goes with the, the uh, health plan, which mm-hmm. is kind of... Uh, yeah. Strange. Well, it's you would think these are supposed to be the so-called, you know, the best legal minds in the country, right? But they can't, you know, they're split right down the middle, essentially, on some certain things. So. Right. And if a law is so good, you'd think you could get nine lawyers in robes to agree Distinguished upon ones. So that, as far as I'm concerned, no law should be law unless nine uh, Supreme Court justices agree on it. I mean, that, <laughs> that would be at least one step in the right direction. Don, thank you for the call this evening. Yes. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to get your thoughts in, 855-450-FREE. Tell us what you think about Citizens United or just the Supreme Court in general. It's uh, Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. This is the show where you can call in and take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've had a really wide-ranging uh, amount of topics come up on this evening's show, Mark. But uh, yeah, we like that. So uh, hit us with whatever you got. It's called Free Talk Live for a reason. That's right. Uh, okay, Let's go right back to the phones. Uh, we've got some more calls on the line. Dale's listening in Nebraska. Dale, are you with us? Yeah, hi. How are you? Great. Welcome to Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Well, thank, thank you very much. Um, this spans over a, a number of different calls tonight, but it, it all kind of ties into this thing that a guy posted me. Now, in uh, full disclosure, I did not have time uh, before I had to leave. I'm also one of your truck drivers out here. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you for your service, right, Mark? <laughs> sure. Um, I didn't have time to to try and dig up the actual underlying document that this thing is uh, cited from, but uh, a guy posted me uh, an article or part of an article from uh, Stanford Psych. Uh, they're one of the leading psychs, psych departments in the country. I believe they're yep. part of them. They were the, like MK Ultra and everything else kind of started from there. Wait, uh, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I don't know anything about. I didn't M- know I, that. I've heard of MK Ultra. Yeah. That's some fun, uh, fun sounding <laughs> stuff. But I know the Stanford is a uh, is a very uh, you know impressive psych department. 
Yeah. Uh, the title of this is Controlling Thought, War Propaganda in Nazi Germany and Contemporary America. That sounds interesting. And, uh, yeah, this, the, it, it was uh, it's seven sufficient conditions for successful war propaganda. Uh, mm. The first is uh, denouncing the peacemakers. Yep, got to be done every time. Yep. Yeah, well, Guy just did that to you earlier, didn't he? Yeah, I'm a coward. It's yeah, the easiest uh, way to denounce a peacemaker is, uh, uh, is to call them a coward. I spent nine years in prison on a murder charge. Uh, I never got called a coward in there. Yeah, well, you know, I, I guess I am one, too, because uh, I'm a combat veteran, and you, right. know, you and I hold a lot of the same principles now. That's right. I, mm. didn't, have, I didn't have them then, um, then I became educated. Right, same uh, here. The sec- yeah. The second one was uh, requiring patriotism for safety. And it was annotated, uh, the Patriot Act. Mm. Interesting. Uh, the third was instilling fear, uh, using 9-11 and the terrorists are going to come get you under, you know, they're hiding under your bed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I don't think you even have to instill fear. I think it comes, uh, the people come equipped with it, but yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, the fourth was de-emphasizing the significance of the international community because, you know, mm. like we can just go it alone. We're so big and bad and powerful that, you know, that everybody should acquiesce to us. Yeah, I think that's a common theme in, in wars. Like the the other side is always painted as like not quite like us, you know, like you can't really empathize with them because they're different than you, whether it's because they're brown or because they live somewhere else or whatever. For them, you to kill them. Yep. What's the name of this list yeah. again? What's that? What's the name of this list again? Uh, this is. Uh, seven sufficient conditions for successful war propaganda. Okay. Mm. Do you think the Stanford uh, department that wrote this was coming at it uh, from the angle that they wanted to sort of deconstruct war propaganda so that it wouldn't be able to happen so easily? Or do they support the, uh, the, the war propagandists? What do you think? Um, you know, that I don't know because, again, I didn't have time to go try and dig up the underlying article that this is cited from. Mm-hmm. Um, That's okay. I, it, if it if it's just what this is, then it looks like they're just making a comparison between what was going on then and and what's going on now. And mm. you know, let's face it, the same people funded Nazi Germany that are funding this nonsense. So I, I don't know if one can uh, d- demonstrate that, but I think that there are some there are many parallels between uh, what you see as far as the, the the strong kind of nationalism that existed in. Nazi Germany and the kind of strong nationalism that exists in the United oh, sure. States. Wasn't uh, Hitler democratically elected? Only in Austria. Okay. I mean, he was uh, he was he did become the uh, the Führer or whatever through sort of legal means, but it wasn't democratically elected in Germany. Thank you. Gotcha. Go ahead, Dale. Uh, yeah, the fifth point was uh, glorifying military might. And again, you know, when you know, I grew up in a neighborhood where uh, all the fathers were either World War II or Korean War vets, and they didn't speak about it. You know, none of those guys wandered around slamming themselves on the chest saying, you know, I went here and did this and did that. Mm. And now we have, it seems like weekly there's a movie about the SEALs or somebody's writing a book about what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Probably didn't want to think about it. Uh, yeah, I read, a, read yeah. an article. I usually you know, read something on Veterans Day by a veteran talking about war. And I read one, one about uh, you know, this guy coming back from fighting in the – shoot, what's the name of that forest in, uh, that was so terrible in World War II? Uh, it's, it's not coming to mind to me. But uh, you know, the, uh, anyway, I think it was the uh, – what's that? Yeah, the Battle of the Bulge. 
it might it might have been involved in the battle. I can't remember the name of uh, Battle of the Bulge, but I can't remember the name of this forest that this guy was involved in. But anyway, he said he was walking down the street during this parade, and all he could do is imagine these people eviscerated with their heads blown off, rolling down the streets. Oh I mean, gosh, that's that the sounds like of... horrible post-traumatic stress. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Dale. Is there more to the list? Yeah, I want to hear the list. Yeah, there's there's two more points. Uh, the sixth was um, creating detention centers for the blamed. And Alex Jones, Alex Jones broke that about two months ago about uh, the Army detention camps. The re-education centers is what they're termed in the Army papers. The Army came out and said, no, it's a bunch of, you know, it's a bunch of nonsense. And then they had to come back and admit that, yeah, it's true. That's a real document. What about uh, like Guantanamo Bay? I mean, that's pretty well known, too. Would that count as a detention center? I think it could be. But, you know, there's. There seems to be a lot of evidence coming out that a lot of the guys that uh, were captured and sent to Guantanamo Bay are being re-educated, and now they are the al-Qaeda leaders running Libya and into Syria and into Egypt. I think a better analogy might be public schools. I mean, every morning at public school, I had to stand up, put my hand over my heart, and pledge allegiance to a piece of fabric that they hung on a stick on the wall. And, I mean, you wouldn't pledge allegiance to any other fabric but only that particular fabric yeah, when you and put it that way yep if, when i decided <laughs> i didn't want to stand up for that fabric i got sent to the dean's office and the dean had a long talk to me about my allegiance to that fabric and i mean that's a that's a pretty strong argument for the re-education camp there yeah and the final point that i made was uh the devaluing of the loss of human life in uh in say collateral damage Mm. Uh, the idea and the way that comes across to me now is the idea that, you know, we're just sending these unmanned drones from remote locations yeah. and just killing indiscriminately. And everybody in this country just seems to think, well, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. And somehow they think they think the drones are, are magically never hitting civilians. They're always going after the terrorists and they're justified. And yeah. well, clearly that's not the case. If you re- look are, into these more, carefully. our bullets are holy bullets and our bombs are holy bombs. <laughs> they do not kill bad people. Dale, I want to thank you very much for sharing that list with us. That was really interesting. And um, uh, take care out there in the truck. That's interesting stuff. Huh, Mark? I am really intrigued by it. I have uh, looked it up. It's uh, uh, actually controlling thought War propaganda in Nazi Germany, contemporary America. It sounded like he had a better sort of condensed version. Yep. I'm going to need to study this, but I'm uh, I'm excited by what uh, what what he's. You know, this is the this is totally my kind of article. Mm. All right, let's go to Jerry listening in Pennsylvania. Jerry, uh, I hear you're a truck driver. <laughs> truck traders are coming to get to accolades today. Like Jack Daniels. What's that? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. A little. Okay, it's JD such as Jack Daniels, but it's actually James Dean. But anyway... Uh, oh, that's your name? Yeah. Well, oh, JD, sorry about that. I go by JD. It's gotcha. JD Stenzel. Gotcha, okay, JD. Anyway, JD. I want to preface this by saying, first of all, don't, don't be ashamed of what you said. You have saved lives. You have changed the thought of somebody who may have entered the military thinking one thing, and now you've opened their eyes, and it won't happen. Okay, so don't ever apologize for what you think. I, I know you know that. Thank you. Well, thank you. It helps to hear it. You know, and actually, um, there's so much... Uh it's an issue right now because in schools, military recruiters can come in and, and give their spiel and pitch the military, uh, but counter-recruiters can't. I hear, I hear, and, I hear music. Are we up against the break? Yeah, yeah, J.D., if you wouldn't mind holding uh, onto your thoughts for a moment right. here, we'll bring you back. It's Free Talk Live. 
855-450-FREE is the number if you want to get your thoughts in here coming up in the last segment of the show. Uh, It's Free Talk Live. There's more coming up. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. It's the Sunday night edition, and you're, we're kicking off the last segment of tonight's show. So if you want to get your calls in, you better do it quick at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We'll try to squeeze you in here. I'd hang up the skates on that one. <laughs> hang up the skates? Yeah. You mean say no? <laughs> I don't think that is. I don't think you're going to get in. No, I could be wrong. <laughs> I can try. I'll do my best. And uh, of course, it's Stephanie with you. And Mark. And uh, okay, let's go right back to the phones. We were talking with JD in Pennsylvania. He's a truck driver. And JD, go ahead and finish your thought. We we kind of got, uh, help. we were up against okay, the break. I, I know that you want to get a lot in, so I'm going to be quick about this. I'm going to hit you with a lot of stuff real quick and then I'll get off the air and listen to you, okay? Hit me with your best shot, right? What's that, Pat Benajar? All right. First of all, <laughs> we're under a false flag incident in Benghazi. That whole thing was a CIA setup. It won't come out for a while, but you'll figure that out in about three weeks. I've got a friend who knows this, and he assures me, look, this is complete false flag. But that's not even why I called. Wait, g- I one I just called. point of clarification. Are you talking about the attack on the U.S. Uh, embassy? Yes. Okay. That was a CIA murder. And the whole thing with the movie, that was all just to gin up the American sentiment against the Muslims as a precursor to what we're about to do. We're about to let Israel attack Iran and try to draw China and Russia into it. And the reason we're doing this is because we owe those countries a lot of money, especially China. But anyway, this was the system that was used during the Revolutionary War. George uh, Washington, uh, John Hancock, and many of the uh, founding fathers of the uh, you know the American Revolution owed a great deal of money to uh, England and people in over in uh, the motherland. Yes, but that's not why I called. I can fix the economy easily with one idea that nobody else has thought of yet. And uh, I want you to hear this, and then I want you to talk about it. And uh, it's also online. I posted a, a video about it on YouTube under J.D. Stenzel, S-T-E-N-Z-E-L. That's my channel. Okay. okay. And what's the idea? It's, it's, it's a, the idea is you have to tether the top to the bottom wage. Nobody has ever done that before or suggested it. But suppose if nobody in a company could earn more than, and this isn't the ratio that I want to settle on, but listen. If nobody could earn more than three times what the lowest paid person in that company makes, now you're not going to have a runaway billionaire. You're going to have a whole company of millionaires. And I'm not telling somebody what they can or can't earn. This is not socialism. What I'm suggesting is you tether the two. I don't care what the ratio turns out to be, but if you don't tether them, you're just going to have one run away with all the money. Now, J.D., is this, are you suggesting that government, uh, by law, tether the salaries or that it be a voluntary thing within companies? That there, that there be a ratio enacted into law. 
whereby Too anything off. beyond okay. that has to be either reinvested in the company or given to the shareholders or whatever. But you know, I I hear pocketing that money. You know, I've heard, and thank you for the call, JD. I'm sure people will check out your YouTube channel. I've I JD heard Stenzel. Stenzel, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I have heard that in the past uh, there was like within firms it was it was actually more balanced. Like the lowest paid employees and the highest paid had a lot more closer salaries yeah, to so each other. I understand other. the disparity between rich and poor is uh, increasing in this country currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't agree with the government program to tether the salaries, though. I think that would probably be a disaster. I, I, well, I, all I know is is that whenever government comes up with a uh, mandate, that uh, you know, unintended consequences tend to spring up from it. Indeed. Um, I can see totally why people want to have uh, you know those that work for a uh, company to everybody to share in the uh, the wealth of that company. But I do kind of wonder why, uh, for instance, if, uh, you know, say I'm a hedge fund uh, manager yep. and I, you know, I'm just one of these guys that's really lucky in my investments or maybe I'm good, which is what they really want you to believe. Um, <laughs> and I'm not sure I believe that either. Um <laughs> And and I my basically my wits and my intellect and my luck is what makes my company small that it might be lucky. I have to have some people working for me answering the phones. People have to uh, you know clean the bathroom and uh, empty the garbage cans. And people to so I would ask you why would somebody who is emptying the garbage can and uh, cleaning the bathroom who could do that for any company and make you know any wage why should they share in the value that i've created as this uh, hedge fund manager that uh, with this uh, great deal of luck i think this person is kind of uh, mythical that i'm talking about here but why should uh, you know the person who who has a uh, a skill set who's using a skill set i don't know what their skill set is is employing a skill set that is relatively rudimentary right share in the um you know the the value that i've created by being this person who you know is lucky and makes lots of money for people and what's the incentive for anybody to really exceed, to do well, to excel, you know, if they know that they can't get paid beyond a certain amount? Yeah. Right? Should I be able to fire this person who uh, would make this uh, wage? Or maybe they just don't have a janitor because right. they're not worth it. The- I'm going to go empty. If, if it's, <laughs> if it's uh, the, the wage is high enough, I'm just going to go empty the garbage cans myself. <laughs> All the employees now have to clean up after themselves in the bathroom. That's the new rule. When you, <laughs> when you go in, you dry your hands with the towel, you wipe the counter. That's, that's the new rule. This is unintended consequences, folks. Uh, just a let, just a thought. Let's go to actually. I think I think this is the Tuesday night uh, Free Talk Live co-host Johnny Ray listening in New Hampshire. Johnny Ray, is that you? Yes, me. How you doing? Great show as always, Miss Murphy and Mister Edgington. Thank you so much, Johnny Ray. I've I've been enjoying you on the program too on Tuesday nights. Make sure you uh, tune in for that. Oh, the butt kissing. <laughs> What's on your mind, Johnny Ray? That is so so kind of you. Um, um, I was calling uh, for two things. Um, number one, I wanted to say hello to all the listeners in Asheville, North Carolina on WWNC 570 AM. No shout outs. They have, they have your show on Sunday night, mm-hmm. and I grew up listening to that station, and oh. I'm really excited that the show airs there, but they don't get it on Tuesday night, which is when I'm on. And uh, uh, I just Maybe that'll change. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 I was calling to encourage them to, uh, the listeners to, uh, do, I don't know, call the program director or something. Cause There's a local get, boy who's done get, well, and he's now on exactly. Tuesday nights on Free Talk Live, and you can uh, you know get that show, too, by uh, calling the program director at, what's the station? WW? Uh, 570, 570, WWNC. Got it. 
Awesome. So what was the other thing you wanted to bring up, Johnny Ray? Well, I had this really radical idea about um, solving our debt problems vis-a-vis the Chinese. Okay. My my idea is to lease a bunch of naval bases or military bases to the Chinese for 100 years, Hong Kong style, and have this wonderful marriage of East and West. What would happen on these military bases? I can I can I can hear the jingoists freaking out as you say this. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, Why would I want to give like Chinese some... military bases? Is what I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I specifically mentioned naval bases because I think it would be attractive to them to have ports on the Atlantic. Um, but I think if we were to do something like that, prudence would dictate that we bring our troops home. And in my, you know, my wild imaginings, um, the Chinese and the U.S. would uh, conduct friendly joint operations, training missions and stuff, and we'd all love each other. I love the idea of people loving each other. I don't know what renting military bases necessarily has to do with that, but, uh, you know, I'll give it a thought over time. Is this facetious? No. (laughs) No. No, no. we would do it in exchange for, I don't know, straight up uh, cash or forgiveness of debt. How about uh, just uh, repudiate the debt? Didn't uh, Murray Rothbard, wasn't he writing about that like 20 years ago? I kind of like that. You know, like, because if, if the debt is repudiated, then the U.S. won't be a credit worthy borrower and then well, they, the government can't continue. So, the, hey. Uh, the, okay. So, this, <laughs> is, this is really complicated, but um, it could be solved relatively easily if one really wanted to do it. The, the, the system is debt is predicated on debt. The Federal Reserve note is a note of debt created by the Treasury Department uh, through the Federal Reserve Bank. Bank. And it, that is really the the lender of last resort and the holder. The Federal Reserve is the holder of most of the United States Treasury Department's uh, debt. So if the Treasury Department, who does mint coins, wanted to create, say, two, uh, you know, say a one six trillion dollar coin, it could then mint that coin and pay off all the debt um, in that one, you know, fell swoop. And then let that inflationary uh, pressure just spread through the rest of the economy. And everybody else's money would be worthless, basically. Well, once you pay off the debt uh, to the Federal Reserve, there is no money left because all the Federal Reserve notes are then paid because a Federal Reserve note is a note of debt. Once you pay the Federal Reserve off, there is no money anymore because those money, those pieces of green pieces of paper. Time to get some bitcoins. (laughs) What do you think, Johnny Ray? Um, I think that uh, repudiation would be my first choice as well. And I know uh, my one of my heroes, Lou Rockwell. He he mentions that a lot. Yeah, but I think I think the there would be a lot of angry lenders, and the politicians' lives might be forfeit if they took an action like that. So I don't think they'll ever. I think they'll avoid that. It is, it is certainly possible. And thank Andrew you so Jackson much. Andrew Jackson actually claimed that the uh, second national bank, uh, which was the bank at the time that he was president, was trying to kill him oh because my. he was getting rid of it. Thanks for the call, Johnny Ray. We're out of time. This has been Free Talk Live, freetalklive.com. Uh, Ian and Mark will be back tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, Buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com.